Hi guys, what's going on? My name's Fuzz. This is my podcast, Never Going Home. In this podcast, we talk about mental health with two teachers, one primary, one secondary, Becky and Adele. And we talk about an organisation called Heads Above the Waves, a superb mental health awareness organisation based out of Cardiff, but covering a much wider area. And they do great work working with uh, schools and kids and doing workshops and helping people be aware of mental illness and helping people work through it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks a lot. With Becky today, my wife, who's a primary school teacher, and we're also with Adele. We're getting a lot of hair in our glasses. <laughs> Adele was a secondary school teacher, and now you work Still in I'm a well, you're management, right? Yes. You work in secondary yes. schools. Yes. Okay. I do. And we're kind of talking about mental health and. Actually, we wanted to talk a little bit about an organisation called Head, Heads Above the Waves. Are they, well, I know they're in South Wales. I don't know if they kind of cover a larger area, but they're definitely in South Wales. Heads Above the Waves are a charity that look at, uh, they're a charity that look at uh, helping people with uh, mental health um, in raising the awareness of it and also helping people with strategies and coping and also people close to people affected by it. Um, I tell you, you've worked quite a lot with Heads Above the Waves. You know, yes. None of us are actually part of Heads Above the Waves. And no. it's not sponsored post or anything like that. We just... Um, it came up... Well, I'll go more into that in a second. But um, basically, my project, Habits and Mindsets, um, is a documentary project, part of my studies for my Master's at Falmouth University. And it's looking at the punk rock community. And there's a lot of themes in the punk rock community. Becky looks like a killer. <laughs> I don't know where to look. Just, just <laughs> it's because half of her face is in shade. Yeah, but that's because we're doing a podcast. But in, also in my house with very limited lights. So, and um, yeah, we talked about heads with the waves because um, basically I'm doing a project called Habits Mindset, which is looking at the punk rock community, and there's a lot of themes um. of uh, you know mental illness and coping with bad times and stuff like that. Music's <coughs> an awesome sort of tool and a sort of way to. To, to sort of channel that and to, to work through things. Heads, heads, or head, heads. Above, above the, the waves. I always get it wrong if it's well, a it is, they, Everyone always gets it wrong. It's one of the things that, that we often talk about <laughs> is the fact that people yeah. get it wrong. So heads above the waves. So we get the right one. Are a charity that work with Heads people. above the waves. Ooh. Plural. Plural both, heads and waves. There you go. Heads above the waves, power charity that work with <coughs> young people, uh, but not exclusively young people, but work with young people, uh, but, and they help, uh, they help all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you've got some experience working with them? Yes, and I also have experience with working with lots of stuff to do with mental health in schools, which is the main thing we want to start chatting about today, yeah. isn't it? So, and I think Heads Above the Waves is our commonality that we have here, is you are yeah. hoping to speak to them at some point during the podcast. Yeah, I spoke to well. Hannah and Simon, and um, hopefully uh, when the my project Habits and Mindsets, um, which has themes of mental illness and stuff in there as well, that might be, might be doing some collaboration or being, putting some work in the shop when, when the exhibition comes yes. out, maybe in a few shows or whatever, but... Um, it was interesting and it was a common point that we both have. So you exactly. actually work with them because they put workshops on in schools, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which the school funds, don't they? No. No? So it's it's different between both of them. So for um, Heads Above the Waves 
I've been working with for five years in two different schools that I've been in and the way that they work is that they have a store in Cardiff City Centre, they also do stalls in lots of different places, gigs, uh, so they, they do, do one at Pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they, they work all over England, particularly with the festival circuit as well. And the money that they get from selling their merch, they're then able to put back into their website, into doing workshops in their store, doing workshops in school. They also do staff training as well. And then there is a fee for the workshops in schools and for the staff training. But what I would describe the fee as very, very minimal, it's just about from what I've seen in other types of workshops, it's, you know, a tiny, tiny amount that they're charging and the value they give is way more. So you can either as a school pay that up front or I've previously done fundraising for it. So like a couple of years ago, I climbed the Welsh Three Peaks to fund one of the workshops that we had in school or um, this year I got our local parents network in our school to pay for it. So there isn't funding directly coming from the government and that's one of the things that Becky and I both mm. talk about is that you can't get the money directly anymore so you have to kind of find these different channels to give organisations like that mm. I remember there what was, they um, need. quite, I mean in the last round of cuts that we had from the Conservative government there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of people that actually died which a couple of think tanks uh, have, you know, proven, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, you cut the funding, people, vulnerable people that needed it, just, uh, you know, uh, there was a meme, what was it, Ian Duncan Smith. My friend Jack's very political, so he, uh, I'm trying to remember that meme now, but it, it was, he, he, no, I don't know, should probably know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about if I'm going to like come out with like a, an anecdote, right, but I can't remember. Yeah, so uh, mental health funding is, going, is just rapidly decreasing, so uh, I think it's awesome that people have, yeah, yeah, like there's organisations like that ahead. But I also think it's really reassuring to see organisations like that who are upfront about the fact that they're not counsellors, they're not GPs, so you can still get your help and support from the likes of those. Mm -hmm. um, they don't try and, you know, kind of be like a... I, I don't know, what would you say? Like they're they're outreach, they're basically they're, giving people the information yeah, and, and showing the, them where... The yeah, thing that they are doing is they're showing that you can be having a really rough time but if you can find this thing then this thing might be the thing to kind of get you out of the rut that you're currently in so for like example like to get out of it. yeah so like music writing mm -hmm. uh it could they're be art of well-being basically they're yeah. not like cl um cl clinical clinically no. trained or anything and but. that's what's really good is that they're showing that there's tools that you have yourself so they're empowering teenagers and young people to see that there's stuff that they can do themselves to help. So they're giving a bit more power back to the people who, like if you're having mental health issues, you're going to be feeling pretty powerless and you're going to maybe have had experiences where you feel like somebody else is going to have the, the answer. And I think over, as you grow up, it's quite nice to think that these teenagers, when they're still kind of developing their mental wellness and their like mental understanding, that they're thought, oh, okay, so I figured this out once. If I come across this again in a couple of years' time, which more than likely I will, it may not be music again that helps me, but maybe I can go to classes or workshops and I'll find something else that will I, I guess me. that we take it for granted because, I mean, me and you have both suffered with uh, various things like anxiety and, and, and things in the past. And, like, 
I completely like when you said that. I was just like, what? They wouldn't know how to even try and have a go mm. at fixing it because, like, I guess when it when you're young and it happens to you for the first time, like I when I I had a couple of anxiety attacks when I was in uh, Falmouth Uni. I went mm -hmm. to uni for the first time and I just out of nowhere I'd be driving from Cardiff to Falmouth and I'd have to pull over and I'd be like. Up, this ain't cool. What's going on? My mm -hmm. dad didn't even know where it was. Yeah, you couldn't label it, could you? No. And I think that's, that's like when we talk about the negatives of social media. That's kind of the positive that you can take from it is organisations like Heads Above the Waves have a social media output mm -hmm. that helps create the conversation. Educate it. Like, yeah, and that's the change and that, that we're seeing a... now in society that people are talking about it more, and it's not so much of a. It could be a positive thing about social media. Mm. Yeah, social absolutely. media is actually a good way to reach people. And, and particularly if you're feeling isolated, like I don't believe the majority of people find their people in high school. No. Nah. Like no matter what you want to say about an American, you know, high school movie or a TV program, they're going to try and convince you that your BFFs are coming from your high school. They're not. Mm. That unit that you're working from there is so narrow. It's all people who live locally. Whereas when you go on to uni or when you go on to get a job or you do an apprenticeship or you travel, that's where you start to get like-minded people. Mm. And they're your tribe, isn't it? not going, oh, rolling their eyes going, you don't need to go to uni, you, you know? don't need to travel. No, no, but I think that's true for, you find your... I agree with you, you. I'm just saying, is I can I can I, already feel yeah. pushback I don't. I don't fully agree. I think like you find your people based on what you believe. So like whether you go to high school or not, mm -hmm. if you choose to stay in your area near your high school, you're going to find like my, my people anywhere city, in the world. If you live in a city, it's different. So whatever experience mm -hmm. you choose to do, towns, the so. people you meet, if you stay in your local area, are going to be local too. So yeah. they've got similar Same mindset. Walkers, so you're going to yeah. find a best friend there. Whereas if you go to uni, they... Yeah, I agree. And if we go back to mental health, so much of it about is having a community around you yeah. who supports you, isn't it? So Which is why the punk rock community is exactly. a really interesting thing to show the people yeah. that don't know that much about it. Because most people think of the punk rock community as kids with mohawks being Dangerous. Yeah. And it's not. They, mm -hmm. they, they're really not. They're I don't know if eggs. people still think that punk exists. Well, this is the thing. I think they do. Well, from my, so my kids in school definitely do because so much of them are way more politically aware than we would have been when we were younger. Mm. And I guess as a result like of that, like, uh, like yeah, punk is like something that they, I think they probably have that word a little bit more as a political movement than say we yeah. would have identified. Yeah. I think you're right in what you're saying in regard to perhaps the music, yeah. but certainly as an actual cultural movement, I think it's more alive than it would have been yeah. when we were in school. Yeah. I mean, you got all, I, I think there's, there's lots of different sort of sections to it. You got like, you can have punk rock music that's not that political. Mm -hmm. It's just talking about things like growing up and yeah. trying to find your place and fitting in and stuff. And then you, you can have the super hardcore political stuff, which, uh, which is that as well, so, you know, I, it's, but it's a big area. If we bring it back to why Heads Above the Waves works well, from my experience, is the fact that if we take that community aspect, kids quite often aren't exposed to an awful lot of variety of adults, so you're exposed to the type of people that are in your community around your family or your guardians and the teachers in school, and the difference between those is normally not massive mm. because they are saying to you you have to you know do the right thing get your exams wear your uniform whatever it might be you know stay oh, off the streets terrible things to do you know mm -hmm. they're not terrible things to do but at the same time you're not exposing people to an awful lot of different role models mm -hmm. or different ways of life 
and you're not saying you don't have to go to uni or you don't have to get a job down the road or you don't have to get married and I think a lot of people, a lot of people now are looking at alternatives for... for, for uh, they're looking at alternatives, but are they telling young, young people that they're I realistic? I think so. I mean, my brother's um, just finished his first year of uni, and um, he spoke to my parents the other day, and he was mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, no, I, I just don't want to do it. I just don't see the point, but, yeah, <laughs> because of how expensive it is, which is fair enough. I think higher education is great, but I think he is kind of looking at it in a sensible way, went. because it's... When you look at it, he went because his friends were going and because school expected it. Like, mm -hmm. and so that I, we, goes back to what I'm saying. Yeah, we don't know whether we've we we have not spoken to him no, about it directly. So but he might feel like he's wasted the year, mightn't mm, he? We don't know. I don't know, but my mum said, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Like you'd expect our parents, people from that generation, to be like, you need to go to uni. And right. maybe when it was my turn, she might have been more like that, but. Actually, I don't think she was. I she was just like, do what you want, do what you want. I don't think many, many people <laughs> see, in our generation, our generation of parents did go to uni. Did yours? No. Did yours? What? Did your parents go to uni? No. Neither did mine. So I don't think any of but our parents' like, oh, generation... If you, can, if you can go, go. Would, yeah, but they like wouldn't tell... They wouldn't but I think what, what we weren't exposed to, and I still don't think young people, and I will fight you on it, is that I'm they're not. I'm, I'm <laughs> you, yeah. I don't think that they are exposed to people who make those choices. So even if they make those choices themselves, which are different like from the norm, people that have, um, they, don't, they don't see like people, people that are that making different things. gone out and got a trade and like got a good job that way. Yeah, they don't see many other options than I feel like a lot you of the teachers in my school look down on it as well. I went to a grammar school and it was like, go to university and go to university and if you don't then be a beautician and they didn't like like it. But I think for for mental health, if we, if we mirror that same thing in mental health, yeah. the image that would be portrayed if we didn't have organisations like Heads Above the Waves would be that if you have mental health issues, you're more than likely not going to succeed. Mental health looks like somebody who somebody who's having problems with mental health. I think TV looks shows like somebody who yeah. yeah has no friends is um Dangerous. you know maybe not able to get out of bed. Whereas you could be really high functioning and have those issues. So by organisations like Heads Above the Waves coming into school, each of those workshops that they do in schools, mm -hmm. they generally run over a four rotation. And are each of them are underpinned by somebody's story that has worked yeah, their heads cool. both so ways. Yeah, So you can see it and you go, ah, oh, that, yeah. that's how I feel. So, so like then. literally in one of them, they actually have a video of somebody who is a local rapper who raps about suicide and mental health. The kids watch that video and then the kids learn how to write about their um, like mental like health problems that they have. To deal with it, like yeah, and then other times they might read a story that somebody wrote and all of these are also available on their website. So even if you aren't a young person who can access workshops in schools or in your youth organisations, you can access the website and you can read these stories of people who went, oh no, actually I was doing this and then I realised I had to get support or I was doing that and then I felt suicidal or I was doing something else and it means then like you said with tv and films or you know if you read a book it's not all the same narrative anymore and i think that's so important because otherwise you could be a long way down the road before you figure out oh actually this is a mental health problem this isn't something else this isn't like my uh, work ethic or it's not my you know partner I'm or I'm not lazy or I'm it's not because I don't eat the right food it might be all of those things as well yeah. but it's also the fact that you need some help for your mental health yeah. so certainly I think all of us wouldn't have had that when we were in school we wouldn't have had examples yeah, what's, of that. what's available in schools for you know 
for support for staff and students. So if we take it back to our PGC, do you think you got any training during your PGC, either for yourself or for how to well, deal with yeah. kids? Not at all. Yeah. I don't think so. So I trained in Goldsmiths in London, and that was really, really progressive in terms of how they taught us how to teach. There was very much expectation that you would be standing there in front of a class telling them what to do. It was very like sitting on the floor, sitting on the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like blue sky thinking, take your kids outside, all of this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And always an expectation that you were working with no money, working with kids who weren't engaged, like really out of the ordinary situations from what my schooling would have been. But um, again, I don't think I had any mental health awareness. I did have training on dealing with safeguarding and also we did have training on dealing with people with different sexualities and different genders which for 10 years ago I think was quite progressive yeah, I, I do have to say that yeah. I think it really was but there was no training around um, as a teacher like the things that Becky mentioned earlier about safeguarding the fact that as a teacher you can be exposed to really hard-hitting dark stories mm -hmm. and there isn't necessarily kind of anything to check in with that teacher afterwards it's not the protocol that you might have in for example nursing or other type of areas where you could have really heavy disclosures come forward like counsellors they have kind of safety nets where mm -hmm. people will be checking with them to see how they're feeling yeah yeah um, like so psychologists we've kind of dealt a bit more with the teaching side of it there but i think for either side there wasn't a lot with our training was mm -hmm. there no the only well-being support you get is from your family and your friends like in the, the one of the first schools I worked in, I witnessed something. It wasn't a disclosure. I just witnessed something that happened between two children, and the only letdown was like coming home to Fuzz and telling him, and he ran me a bath and got me wine and Haribo. Yeah. I was like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like the it's people dark, around you, the it? people who give you the support, not not schools. But I mean, do you think there would be some benchmark? Do you think they'd be like, right, mm. come and talk to your head teacher once a week? especially if you're new to it as well because mm. you're learning a lot teachers talk to each other more maybe yeah. more so in primary school and i don't know so i checked in with my other teachers when it happened and the people who witnessed it as well but there wasn't any support from slt or and it's it varies from school to school i've been in four different schools throughout my career and it's a huge variation between them you know and that shouldn't be the case, I would think, because it shouldn't be school dependent whether or not your teacher gets, or more importantly, not just your teacher, but the other staff in the school, that there isn't any variation between the sport. That should be a pretty standard practice. Mm -hmm. So it's great to work in a school that does have support, but it also means that there shouldn't be, um, that shouldn't be something you have to kind of check in when you go to your job interview. And then from a student point of view, it's, again, really, really dependent on the school mm -hmm. because budgets are so tight in teaching and the focus in so much on outcomes and on attendance, it's going to be dependent on your head teacher and your senior management, mm -hmm. how much they invest in mental health and, and, that, and their PSHE programme. Because it's in their interest to make sure that um, if that little trotting that you can hear is a little spring of spaniel cocoa just mm -hmm. mincing around. Um, yeah, like it's in the it's in the interest of the employers to keep their teachers in you know good physical and mental health because I get you get you get uh, occupational therapists. Mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah, and I think you could get to occupational health level, mm -hmm. but with any job, I mean that like should be kind of like if you've got a bad back like, and you go back to it, you know, don't they just say oh yeah, how things work? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a little bit further on, isn't it? And then 
I think it comes on to something else that we should be talking about, which is the stigma of it. Because if you go to work, how many people go to work and say, oh, I had a really bad cold, when actually they were really depressed and they couldn't leave the house, mm. but they don't want to be telling their employer that they're really depressed. You would prefer to say that you had, you know, like Blue warts all over your face than to be saying that you had depression, didn't you? Yeah. Because you feel, especially if you're in a, in a profession like teaching there i personally think there is a stigma around whether or not you can be doing You've your got to be job superhuman. you know Can't, you have to be you. fine and there's if anything we need to have less stigma because it might be the case that certain teachers who have mental health issues are not able to be teaching at that time you yeah. know maybe they do need to be removed from their classroom at that time because they need support elsewhere and they shouldn't feel bad for it either, no they shouldn't like, feel bad for it yeah but it, it, until the stigma is broken down, I think it's slowly. We won't be able down. to do that. I think it's slowly happening. It's like anything; you can't just click your fingers and it'll be changed overnight. But I think there are a lot of things happening where the stigma is changing slowly. Mm. I think it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, it comes down a lot for well-being of teachers as well to the the support network you've got in school. Mm -hmm. um, both schools I've worked in have been really good teams, so like we've supported each other a lot. But um, generally, well-being-wise isn't really touched on and there's not many checks in from senior leadership. It's more like a, oh, well done, you did well this team term, like, I'll, we'll buy you lunch or we'll do you this. And it's not, it's like a thank you. We get thank yous a lot, but mm -hmm. not often, like, are you okay? Uh, I guess from their point of view as well, you don't want to, like, upset someone that is feeling bad no. or, like, if some people... Yeah, just from their point of view. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a mindset. Like, if I was working with someone that was who I was worried about, I would be worried about saying, "Is everything okay?" Because they might go, "Oh, everyone's on to me. Um, everyone's looking at me now. Everything's." We just talked about it in terms of our training. Like anyone who's done the headship training, they might not have had the training for that well-being aspect. Now it's becoming more no, and important I, like now. I so, said, I think there are schools who do it really well, and I've yeah. been lucky enough to work in some of those schools but it shouldn't be a there shouldn't be a variation from school to school it should be just a standard practice that's put in place around but if we go back to around um like what's on offer for students and the fact that there's a huge variation there as well i think like if you're looking at the variation between what's available for students you also need to think about the different areas that people teach in and work in because the needs of somebody who's living in a rural community is going to be different from those living in a city centre. Like I've come from a, a really rural community in Ireland yeah. and there's much bigger... When I was a teenager, there was huge issues with suicide when we were teenagers, so it was talked about quite regularly. Yeah. And so I think I was aware of it from maybe a younger age than most of my generation would have been. What do you think was available through your schooling oh nothing like if you had went to your teacher and you went like my anxiety is like crippling that's why i'm not coming into school i went into classes that's not why i'm not you i know, went into doing classes work. in very comprehensive school and they just went no um what so yeah school very comprehensive school yeah but most of the teachers in very comprehensive school when i went there i won't say the years people can work it out but um, yeah, when I went there, most of them, I didn't get on with anyone at school. I basically, I basically just smoked loads of weed and went skateboarding. Like that was all I wanted to do. As soon as I figured out like I didn't have to go to school or I could just 
pretend to go to school and not go. Yeah. That was that was it. It was over. I was just like, boys, why are we going to school? <laughs> like, you could be down and don't do that. Back. Don't do that. Go to school. Obviously, I'm just saying that I was a bit silly, and. Um, but I, were you silly or were you not supported? That's actually what the narrative is. I think I was quite silly. I think <laughs> most people that know me knew I would just take the piss, to be honest. Like, but, so interestingly, um, so like I didn't, you know, I went to an all boys school, very comprehensive, and um, a lot of people, I didn't, I don't know, I was just a bit weird and a bit on the sort of, I wasn't like into, I, I used to but play doesn't football. But doesn't that go back to what I was saying yeah. about communities earlier? Because if you find a community, you didn't find one in school. Also, but, you were Well, I was just about to say. No one was putting Like, I found friends that weren't in school. A lot mm. of my friends were older and we that they, and they'd skate or ride BMX. So I would like take my BMX to my mate's house, who was older, who would have the day off work the next day, mm. put my school uniform on, go to school, Go to my mates house, pick up my bike, we go to Newport Skate Park all day and, and ride. And then I was like, oh, this is great, oh, I'm having a great time, blah, blah, blah. And I actually like school, and um, but, you know, I'd have arguments with other kids and I, I didn't have loads of friends in school. There was other kids that were like, they were all mates together, like all the football kids and stuff like that. And, you know, they, most of them are sound, but like, they it, boys are boys and they just like riff off each other and sort of mess mm, around yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And because I was, from a teacher's point of view, it makes sense. But because they would be, I'd walk in and they'd throw a rubber at my head or something, and I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck off. And then the teacher would be like, oh, what's going on here? They don't even like their job. They're just like, I just want a paycheck. Why yeah. are you making my mm -hmm. life hard? And they go, oh, here's the problem. And they just go, that one, get out. Yeah. That one can go. Yeah. You and said something went, really interesting there, though, about yeah. it being in groups of boys. Were you in a mixed school with boys and girls? No. You were just boys. Yeah, there was mixed, So do you think that had an impact as well? Like, looking back on it now? I think there's probably because a lot have, less drama in an all boys you have, But you have a lot of female friends now. Mm, and, yeah. like, do you not think that maybe, as an adult, you've chosen... <laughs> this has turned into a counselling yeah. counseling session for fuzz. But do you I mean, not think, like, know, like, when you got to choose your friends, you chose to have a more mixed bag of friends... Mm. You didn't have that opportunity in school, like you may have had it outside know. in your social time. I guess, like, but when do you I think maybe girls, that had an impact on well, your When I spoke to girls, I didn't really speak to girls much in school because there weren't any. Yeah, exactly. And then when I'd meet people. <laughs> you can't say, I went to an all boys school. They were, I didn't speak to girls very much. Like, where would they, they be? Stopped, like, I'm, climbing in the window at lunchtime. Yes, no. Lowering their way in. No. Bye. I mean, that's what... There used to be... No, there was an all-girls school as well, and people... That's the same. We had the same... And people would kind of, like, hang... If you bumped off school, there would be places where people would sort of both go and stuff. But, you see, I went to all-girls, so I think yeah. that's why it's interesting to me. So, I think, I don't know, when you haven't been around uh, a, a mix, group of people, yeah. when you mm -hmm. do meet them, you're like, wow, I've got so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you go? What... what, what you but that's your personality type as well. Yeah, I'm just like inquisitive. That. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, back in school, like, you know, I'd have, you know, not probably. So you don't think you were in a toxic masculinity environment then? Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> just to make you feel better. I don't know. I didn't think about masculinity when I was in school. I just think if you're a guy and it's testosterone pumping through your body, you're going to be a dick sometimes. Like, that's just the nature of it like you can't not, not everyone can just be so what kind just... of support would have 
Like, I think the thing I'll, is, I'll what you. kind of support would you have engaged with if it had been an So, let me just, so in school, yeah. eat, I'd, you know, not have fight fights, but just sort of mess around and there'd be ruckuses in classrooms mm -hmm. and people throwing stuff and, just, and the teacher would be like, just get out. I remember once going into a maths class and she'd just be like, no. I went, what? She'd like, just yeah. go home. I was like, what? I, I can go home. She was like, yeah, I'm going to mark you in and if I don't care where you go. Just don't be in my room. So I was like, what? Like, that's proper bad, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it goes back to what you were saying. Like, her, her job... She just didn't care. Yeah, she... She wanted the money. You could tell. Like, and she, also, she, she probably... Like Garfield. She, she probably like, wasn't supported. She was miserable. Like, yeah. she didn't want to be there. You yeah. didn't want so to be there. So she had every right to send me home. No, but she was, she was probably like, I wish I could go home. So I'm going to give you the right to go home. Because oh, I yeah. wish I was like you. Like year 10. So that one... And then I, was, and then I just sort of didn't go to school. I was just like, why would I go to school when I could just go skating with my friends? Yeah. Well, it was pretty cool. Um, and then, so like, time and time went on, I didn't accept the mail. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, ah, and I'd be like, and I, I used to write notes. Like, I used to make money for other people writing notes. Just mm -hmm. like, um, oh, terrible, terrible. Hey, don't do that. Um, but I just, I just thought, I hate why, you know, I'm having a terrible time. Every, even the teachers just like go on. So what's the point? And then that went on for ages. And then uh, I went into year 10 and I really wanted to do photography. Yeah. I don't know why. I uh, just wanted to do photography. And the way that the timetabling or whatever worked out, I couldn't do it. Okay. Um, and then I'd go to these other classes, these other options mm -hmm. or whatever. And they were, you know, with teachers and just like, like, uh, just this, like everything I just described, just like, could go home, go like, away. You're yeah. a problem, blah, blah, blah. And then one day I got kicked out of a lesson, and I don't even, I, I probably could have been doing something wrong, I'm not an angel, I'm just saying, but like, I got kicked out, I don't think I was doing something wrong. And I went to Miss Phillips, mm -hmm. uh, my photography teacher in school, and I said, um, first of all, I was like, I'm just getting kicked out of this class all the time, like, I don't want to go home, can I do photography instead? And she was yeah. like, yeah. And figured it out, and I was like, I like, she didn't have to do that at all, that's mm -hmm. like, headache and she's got a check yeah an extra pricing and yeah and you're coming in halfway through the year well it was, a, it was like a couple of weeks in it wasn't too bad. still a pain um, i would not want that child she she hooked me up and she went yeah yeah it's fine and then when i was getting kicked out of other lessons you were going to i just went to photography and she yeah. and she'd be teaching a class and she'd see me and i go you know kind of is it all right and she got and i just lived in the dark room in school yeah um that's where you got this fabulous complexion that you now have yeah Look at that, vitamin D shining through. <laughs> I am pretty nocturnal. No, um, yeah, so, but I remember there was a phase in you know, like year 11 and I was just like, oh, I can't do, because all the other lessons were so annoying. I'd just be like, mm -hmm. no, I couldn't be bothered. And then um, they finally caught up and like got the letters and stuff and they were like, and then Mr. the headmaster, David Swallow, pulled me in. And and he'd be like, it, it costs us. I don't know if this is a lie or not, but no, it like, does cost. They're like, it costs us money to put you through. Exams. Yeah, it does. Why should it's we a, put it you costs them fortune. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know, like, whatever. And then I went back, and then it really sucked, sunk in. I'm so glad I did because for so many kids, they just didn't care about exams and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I went, shit, I better sort this out. I need to do the work. And then he was like, right, well, we're not going to let you do it. Home. Because it's going to cut waste this money. you got to prove to us that you do it. Mm -hmm. So I'd go, I'd stay after school. That was so a lie. What's that? He was so lying to you. He just said it. No, what? he wouldn't have been into it. 
Yeah, they took me out Definitely. and they, they said, you've got to prove to us, you've got to do it. So I went, how? So I went to school after school and then I think they had a new head of year at the time. Um, and he was like, well, I'm doing like revision sessions and stuff, teaching people. And they were pretty cool, actually. They like, they would teach you Where's stuff. Where's this story going? If, if you let me finish, I'll tell you. I mean, like, it's been going on a long time. They made me go in after school on the weekdays. And okay. then they made me come in on the weekends. And mm -hmm. they actually gave extra support for anyone who wanted it. Yeah. To learn techniques, which I don't, I don't know if they do now, but like how to revise, how to plan your time. Yeah. yeah. How to make sure that, and you know, wherever like, I got, I got like three A's, two B's and two C's. Mm -hmm. Probably because I did half the amount of exams that everyone would have to do. Most people do like Yeah, but still, if it had been a year prior to you making that decision, nobody would have said you would have even got those half. So there are so, good teachers. And yeah. I think, I think it's like anything. Like when you, when you, when you have such a huge, like, you know, there's millions of teachers. Like Yeah, that's like saying, like, if you go down Asda to buy a pint of milk yeah. and you come across, like, a narky checkout person, but, like, if you went to the next hill, that person's yeah. probably really nice. Just because well, there's loads of people doing it. But I think teachers so, are underpaid. You know. Yeah, argument and there aren't millions of teachers. 15,000 yeah, teachers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of teachers. There's also, there's also, like we said, no training. Fewer good ones than... Yeah. Some mediocre, mostly mediocre ones. Mediocre. Well, I'm, I'm just from my perspective. But when you find that one or two, they change your life. Like I'm a photographer now. Like I, because of that, they I do. And then that's what happens with heads above the waves workshops in schools. Is a lot of those kids haven't found that person yeah. that they can trust. But not only can they trust that person, because we trust a lot of our friends, but our friends, especially at that age, don't necessarily have the capacity to be able to offer us support. Yeah. So they're able to find that person they click with and then they're able to get the mental health support that they need. And I do believe that a lot of support packages out there offered in schools don't provide long-term tools for people. Instead, they provide tools to get you through this part of your life. So for example, if you had a mental health problem that was triggered by an eating disorder which had been triggered by a death in your family hypothetical so, situation did you see a lot of that like in uh, an old girls school when i was in school yeah. i don't know no i don't think so think but that's then that's becoming more prevalent now with social media and things like that no i don't think so i think it's just as prevalent as it would have always been because i think it's different for women because the the way that women viewed their bodies has been going on for so long. It's actually now the way that men see themselves, which is coming out more. So you'll have yeah. more boys who actually have issues with, you know, changing and like being around other people and having the best like clothes on non-uniform day, which I definitely don't think was an issue for like my brothers, for example. <laughs> yeah. Definitely yeah. not. It's Whereas funny though, now, my, my brother's like that. He wears all like yeah. So I think actually the women can't. thing we've been dealing with this since the 1900s. Whereas the the men have only been dealing with it in I would say actually the last 10 years. I do think it's that short amount I of think, time. I think there was like you know there was some statistic that men spend more on like uh, hair and beauty products than women do or something. Yeah. I, I find that hard to believe just because I'm not sure, but like I if it's true or not. <laughs> but well, you've hair gel right here. I can see. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the problem is because you lose it all the time because Fuzzles have forgot about and 10 pots of hair gel on the go. Mm. He's got like three pots in this room. There's one there. He's yeah. got so, like two. Special occasions. Right, in school. That's Christmas Eve. Nine. I think like even if we 
So even if you did have issues around your body image or around the way you looked, I did, we just had no way of controlling that because you still, you just went, like I had to still eat with my family every night and I still only had so much money to go and buy clothes and stuff like that and because I lived rural. rural. As well, yeah, right? so I think it's different. I couldn't speak for the people who live in city centres in that way because I think the kids I teach have very different uh opportunities than what I had and neither of them are good or bad or right or wrong but I think they're totally different but I think I only had I don't know I I'm I've always been involved in things that haven't necessarily had a focus on what I look like so therefore I don't think my vanity has ever been based in a negative way because I think I am really vain but it's not ever definitely. stopped me from doing something definitely you know? one of the vainest people I know I am Just though Take that. No, I, I think I'm really vain. Yeah, I am really vain. But I'm really vain to the point though where it's never stopped me doing something, which I think is not the You're norm by any way. way. Like... What do you mean it stopped you doing something? Because I would have seen people in school or I see people who I teach who they would choose not to go to something or they would choose not to participate in something. Oh yeah, but you'd be like, I'm going to be shit. That, What's that? You and know? you just rock up and just do your So like I've and, been yeah. lucky that in that way that I've never really... I've never really felt that pressure, but no. I don't know what that is. I think my parents just Boldness. raised somebody who was very cocksure of themselves. So, congrats to my parents for doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. So, but Becky went to. Did you go to a mixed? No, I went to a hotel. So, what do you think? Did, was yours different? In, different to what? Like, did you did you witness an awful lot of anxiety around body image? Um, I think all. Teenagers are anxious naturally. Like about their body. Direct, well, it's hard to tell if you haven't. Well, now you teach. Why well, you teach primary, which is different. Mm. I it's don't know. I don't know. I think there was probably at least two girls in our school that probably had eating disorders, and I noticed it like more as we were coming out of school that there were people who I knew whose sisters did. Yeah, um, when you reflect back on it, you can see the people who yeah. had made like I would consider pretty I'm bad very decisions. I'm conscious of the fact that when I meet people as well I compliment them like when mm -hmm. I see them like and I think it's like a an ingrained thing that um came so from school. So no to anyone if that could give you a compliment no. it's just the automatic it's bam, it's completely, bam. It's completely genuine but I think it's like a thing that's come from school but also it's not a positive mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I think that like that's like come from school like it was important for us to like feel good about ourselves and we were constantly like um, praising each other on how we looked and image mm -hmm. and like whether we're this that or the other I like, can imagine Ooh. it just from an outside perspective I reckon an all girls school would be horrendously bitchy and just people like I mean fighting. I would never teach in an all girls school no yeah. no, no but is it is it that like because like this is my theory right and I wouldn't know because I've got no comparison but in a mixed school all the guys are like trying to show off and like trying to show off mm -hmm. to the girls so they like fighting each other all the time and all this stupid stuff that teenage boys do yeah but when there's no girls involved you're like Neh. like so like we get a bit of it but it's not the good thing about going to an all-girls school is you have no problem with your i i believe that that's why i have no problem with my own opinions so like I am very sure of myself when I'm talking and I have no problem being that is definitely the like, one voice in the room. 
Definitely. The first thing you would think of when you think of me, I think, is that I'm quite If someone gotten. said, do you think Adele's unsure about something, I'd be like, absolutely no. not. No, no, no. And that's because I was in classrooms with women and I had predominantly female teachers in there and... I swear to God, I was only talking about this yesterday. Toxic that femininity is The majority of our teachers, somehow, we used to have 40-minute lessons. And I, I think they spent, like, maybe 10 minutes on the curriculum. And the rest of the time, we would just be talking about, like, what's going on in the news or, like, our own opinions. And because of that, then when I went for, like, uni postgrad interviews... I'm very comfortable sitting in a big room going, I think this, I think that. Because you're wrong. This yeah, is why you're wrong. Because I did five years in high school doing that and where I had these women at the front of the room going, yeah, okay, right, what was your opinion? What was that <laughs> opinion? And I had teachers in that convent school who I don't know whether... I like to think that it was intentional. I like to think that they were like trying to like corrupt okay. from the inside and they were trying to build this generation of women who were like even same sex schools, you know I don't think and that's quite controversial i think lots of people there's a lot of evidence the evidence suggests that it's better for our girls but not for boys i loved it like and i yeah i, I would do it again if i got if i got given the, the only thing that i think it made me uncomfortable so all three men. of us went to a same-sex school. Which yeah. is so that's weird. weird. That, I feel like that's really odd. It made me quite uncomfortable, like, talking to men, like... Yeah. And I don't have many male friends outside of... You see, I think that's boys where... Boys as well, like, boys, like... Hello. Like, I think that's aliens, where I like, was different because you have a sister, whereas I have brothers. So, and I because I lived though. in a rural community, I played with my brothers when I was younger. Beating, so, beating a man and stuff. Yeah. So I so, was used to yeah. being, you know what I mean. So but I think I had, I had of, like, friends that way as a child who were boys. Like, and the, and well, yeah, I went to family. So are you saying that like during when in your school years, if you were outside of school, you just like be proper shy and like awkward around boys? No. Yeah, in my teenage years, I was completely uncomfortable because really? that's not what I hear <laughs> I don't think so because and I it comes I, back to being cocky I, I think, think it, it comes grew back to but that. I think that also like led my life in the way it turned like as a grown-up as well like and it made yeah. me feel I don't know I don't know so anyway. teachers if that's we up. can give some advice to parents mm -hmm. in both because we, we cover in both sides of the curriculum you know primary and yeah. secondary so like mental health stuff if you're worried about your kid i don't know i mean like what would you believe what, what your are things, child well, first of all let's go primary and go secondary so primary if you if what can you look out for like what sort of problems what sort of i mean is it things like fitting in with a kid is it like um in, not sleeping properly a whole host of things what like, do you mean how do you know if they are mentally unwell yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, with smaller kids, it's quite delicate because they could just be being weird. Because kids are weird. They yeah. are weird. Yeah, kids They're are weird. I like, oh. think I don't know. I've never, I don't know because I've never known a mentally. Well, you know me. I've never knowingly it, so. known a child that's really mentally unwell. Yeah, um, at primary school. At primary school yeah. level, uh, but I think like they can, things things can be going on that affect them like. Cyberbullying happens because lots of them are online. Primary school kids. Yeah, yeah. There's primary school kids who play on Fortnite and they're on social media and they're affected by um, chat rooms. Basically, essentially every PlayStation game and every Xbox game now, essentially, is a chat room. Mm -hmm. And parents don't necessarily know that um, 
there's people talking to their children and they don't know about it and they That's see crazy. things they're talked to um, by male adults and female adults and children their age and they are, are they are cyber bullied or they so are you, this is they are necess not necessarily but in some cases might be being groomed so we could maybe say to parents I feel so judgy even mentioning it but I mean like something to think about perhaps would be like I think all children in primary stuff. school should be monitored when they're online yeah mm. I don't think that children in primary mm. school age from, from yeah they don't have the wherewithal to, be able to make those be decisions we, have, we haven't got kids and we, we so, I don't like, think put that out there. Yeah. We're, we're not you. We're not telling people. Do you monitor Coco's <laughs> online activity though? Is no. that her now? That's As Coco is currently barking. changed the Wi-Fi password. You're not having it. Yeah, Coco's barking because she knows you're lying. Yeah. No, but I, 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 that's interesting because if, if mm. I wouldn't even imagine like small kids. I was on a course recently, and um, they were talking about YouTube and how YouTube plays. Um. It, it has this advert, but mm -hmm. it goes on to videos automatically oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, basically uses algorithms and cookies and everything else to find out what to play for you next. You don't have a choice mm -hmm. in that unless you search for another video. Yeah. So they, uh, the thing was, how many videos do you think it takes until a child is watching content that is inappropriate for them? Oh, how many videos do you think four? it takes? Uh, more than that. <laughs> How many videos do you think it takes for a child to inadvertently and streaming? Yeah, 15. 15 wow. videos until And if you're a child talking about like two minute videos, that's like something that's inappropriate for their age at primary school level. Like it could be a music video that's got like yeah. sexually explicit language or swearing. Or it could be porn, you don't know. No, but I'm saying music videos now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. So, it only takes 15 videos, so just basically children to, should be monitored online. And I guess the problem is there's a lot of people that are not that tech savvy that are like, the internet's Yeah, on. but your kids are always going to be more tech savvy than you, that's the problem, isn't not it? Not my kids, if we have They kids. are tech savvy, <laughs> but they're not... I will not let Not them. a primary school, yeah, maybe... No, they, all kids be. are tech savvy, but mm. even even teenagers and people in secondary school, they're not digitally literate No, they're not, but what I mean is that you have to be careful as a guardian or a parent that if you put safety locks on, that they're not going off mm -hmm. when the kid gets the control of the iPad or the phone or whatever it is because I think yeah. some parents would think oh I've put this safety blanket in place because they can't access content without my pin code yeah. but like we would have done when we were kids we you're the whole point of being a teenager or a kid is working around those boundaries mm. it's not to keep them no kid goes well these are the rules just so like I'll the boundaries really really straight yeah. so when they break them you're like well, I knew you are going to do that yeah. anyway so secondary school though like I mean, you need it, to believe your kid. That is the biggest struggle that they come against is that they don't want to tell their guardians or their parents because they don't think they're going to be believed. And you need to believe your kid. Your kid is not going to be telling you something unless it's genuine, whether it's about their mental health, their gender, their sexuality, about what their life choices are going to be. They're saying that because that's how they're feeling at the moment. And yes, they might be doing that to get your attention. But if that's the case, they're still talking to you for that reason. So you need to believe them. Mm -hmm. And then you need to be getting them the support that they want, not the support that you think they want. So and don't be putting it based on your opinions or your experience because it's not so relevant to them. First point of call. I would say the first point of... Something like heads about the ways, perhaps. I think I would... If it was my kid, 
I would first of all contact their school to see what was available in school, but I wouldn't expect the school to do anything. I would just check to see if it's available to them. The reason for that is there's a certain amount of anim anonymity that your kid would get from having support in school because I wouldn't need to drive them there or I wouldn't need to pay for those sessions. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if the school, but I wouldn't expect my school to definitely have that because of what we spoke about earlier like, with funding. Try comes. it. Don't rely on it. Yeah. And then what I wouldn't, I would try after that is to see if there are organizations like Heads Above the Waves around you so you can get access and support or from GP there. Doctor. Of course, we would always recommend to go to your GP first. But again, you know, the support on the NHS is getting less and less. So, mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that is because there's more and more people presenting with mental illness, not necessarily because there's more mental illness. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between presenting and it being there. Uh, I you know? think you just need to know your family and know your children and notice. That, that makes people that. No, because that could make no, people who notice. have kids that didn't notice it feel bad. And it's no, quite no, easy I think to do. Maybe what these patterns that are changed like if you you need to be aware or of maybe have conversation like have conversations yeah. like have opportunities to have conversations but if suddenly they start you know? doing something different to what they would normally do like question it and have a conversation isn't yeah it? i think you need whether it's like, not going to school or staying in bed i'm sure or... the thing that parents really love is three people sitting around a table who don't have children exactly. telling them how to parent i'm just trying but to think certainly like... from a teacher's point of view yeah. i agree with becky that like the conversations are the most important because <laughs> the reason they'll talk to us about it is because we'll have talked to them in the classroom the reason they'll talk to heads above the waves is because they talk to them about it so if you're talking to them about it before they need it it's the same my opinions around sexual health are the same if you're talking to them about it before they need it they're going to talk to you about it yeah. more than likely try not to be uncomfortable you know? about difficult uncomfortable whereas if you're things. waiting until the problem has started then you're less likely for them to come to you yeah. and that's what it comes down to Cool. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. That's uh, mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out any more info on Heads Above the Waves, I'll put that uh, in the link description below and stuff. But that is another podcast then. So, ta cheers guys. <laughs>